0: The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference is celebrating its 10th year anniversary of bringing women in ag together to listen, learn, network, and grow. The next conference will be held on November 19th through 21st, 2023 at the Sheraton Falls in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Join in on hearing over 25 expert speakers and role models from the egg and food sector that will provide you with inspiration, motivation, and new tools to help you succeed in your personal life, in your operation, or career. For more information or to register, visit advancingwomenconference.ca forward slash 2023 East, or head to the link in today's show notes. Hi, I'm Caitlin Dubin, and this is the Rural Woman Podcast. I'm a first-generation farmer who married into agriculture. Born and raised in a city, I was so unfamiliar with where my food came from, but I was determined to figure it out. Through my journey into agriculture, I saw women who were strong, but humble, often taking a back seat. To me, these women were leaders who deserved a seat at the table. I created the Rural Woman Podcast to share the voices of women in an industry whose stories often went untold. The rural entrepreneurs who live and breathe their work, full of grit and pride. We come here to share our stories, to be in community with each other, to be challenged and inspired, but most importantly, to be celebrated and to be heard. We may not all live, farm, ranch or homestead the same, but we are all connected. We are rural women and our stories are worthy of being told. Hey everyone, welcome to this special featured episode of the Rural Woman podcast. Today you'll meet Iris Mech, Iris was raised in Sampton, Manitoba on a mixed farm and attended the University of Manitoba where she graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Agriculture and earned a certificate in management at the University of Manitoba while working at Cargill. Iris started her career at Cargill and for over 10 years held management positions that included marketing and sales. Iris then moved into account management for a prominent agriculture marketing agency in Regina and Calgary. In 1999, Iris started her own business, delivering marketing tactics for domestic and international agricultural corporations. She organized numerous forums, conferences, workshops, product launches, facility openings, and social gatherings for clients in agriculture and food industry. Among her successes in 2014, Iris created the Advancing Women Conferences, a life skills for leadership program for women in agriculture positioned across Canada. Since 2014 and through 10 years of hosting AWC conferences, over 7,000 women have joined the community to listen, learn, network, and grow. In late 2019, Iris joined Glacier Farm Media and continues to host the Advancing Women Conferences and other events in agriculture. I am very excited for you to learn more about Iris and all of the amazing accomplishments she's had. I'm so excited for you to get to know Iris and learn more about the amazing accomplishments she has had in her career in agriculture and what she has done for women in agriculture. Iris has also graciously given a promotional code for listeners of the Rural Woman podcast to use for the upcoming Advancing Women in Agriculture conference in Niagara Falls in 2023. So be sure to stay tuned for that and check out the show notes for the promo code as well. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to the special featured episode with Iris. Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Caitlin. Thank you so much. I am so excited to chat with you. I feel like I'm talking to an old friend and we get to wax poetic about all things women in agriculture.
1: Well, I feel the same way, Caitlin. Uh, you've got such a renowned following and a great reputation and such status in in our industry, and I'm just so proud to talk with you today,
0: Iris. I feel I feel the same about you, and I'm I'm proud to call you a friend. So, Iris, for those folks who are unfamiliar with you, can you tell us about your start in agriculture and your upbringing on your mixed farm and how that early experience shaped your journey, and your interest in agriculture.
1: Wow, that goes back a long way, Caitlin. I hate to say it, but I grew up on a small farm, which seemed large in those days, just outside of Winnipeg in Sapton, Manitoba. And my dad started this farm with his his parents. We raised chickens, turkeys. Uh, We did a lot of evisceration of chickens and turkeys for the marketplace in Winnipeg. And, uh, of course, I helped suck all the guts out and used to stand the chickens on their butt end and wiggle their legs as we dumped them into the water trough to to freeze up before packaging. Uh, we had a, about 680 acres, which we uh, planted a full array of crops. And we also had some dairy cows and some hogs. So it was a true mixed farm totally. I had my own little tractor that I started driving when I was about 8 years old and helping dad pick rocks on the field and and throughout my time on the farm until I was in high school I just realized the amount of work that went into the farm the dedication that was needed and the caring of the animals and the caring of the crops and uh, I just felt so such devotion for for the land and the animals and livestock and and the people that were on the farm and that got ingrained in me at a very early age.
0: For sure. And it just sounds like you said, it, it was a lot of work to do all of those things. And, you know, relatively, that was a large operation growing up. And looking back now, I'm sure it really shaped the work ethic that you have today and all of the things that you've been able to accomplish in the agriculture industry iris looking back growing up was there any other career path or any other industry that you were interested in besides agriculture
1: well when i went to university uh, we we moved to, to the city and as soon as we did my dad passed and I finished high school and there was never a question about whether you were going to go to university or take a year off. It was, you're going to continue your education without question. So I went into science with the great dream of being a pharmacist. I had an older sister that was a nurse, a middle sister that was a teacher. And so I thought, okay, we'll, we'll go into pharmacy. And then I realized and was told, I was quite naive at that time, they said, well, you don't make the pills, you just hand them out. And I thought, well, well, what's the fun of that? So I went to my true love, which is agriculture. My mom cried and said, there's no way that you're going to go into agriculture, look at the hard work you're going to have to do, and we just got off of the farm and you're getting back into the farm. So it was, a, it was a real moving decision for me to follow my love and, and passion for agriculture, and that's what I did. Uh, went into agriculture in my second year of university and carried on through to get a degree in agriculture.
0: I find it really interesting, and I'm sure you are not the only person with the story of their parents kind of dreading their child going into post-secondary and taking agriculture classes, whereas I come from the outside perspective and actually working in post-secondary and looking at the kids who are there taking classes and are learning about the ins and outs of agriculture, whether they were a farm kid or not. What do you think is that hesitation As, as a parent yourself now? What do you think that hesitation is from farm parents having their child pursue post-secondary agriculture studies?
1: Well, I, I think in those days, and we're talking in the late 70s, you, you know, all in when you got a degree in agriculture, you became a farmer. And either that or you worked for a grain company or a sales rep for a crop protection company. That that was it. Those, those were your choices, which were really lean because you didn't have very many options. Today, I think that there's so many fantastic opportunities in the agricultural sector, which can can mirror any other industry, whether it be law or medicine. There There's so many different facets of the agricultural industry that fall under the industry in separate jobs. Be an accountant, be a lawyer, be a veterinarian. So those are all such important parts of the agricultural industry, which now helps if you have an agricultural degree because you understand it. You understand what the environment is. Absolutely.
0: That makes complete sense. So tell us about the start of your career in the egg journey and the the immense journey that you've been on since. Where did you go after university? Well, after university,
1: about three days later, I was hired on by Cargill, and at that time, Cargill had never hired women into their management program. So, I was one of three women with 27 men that started in what they called then their general orientation program, which means they kind of who did you around the country and had you participate in different jobs for, for the first month of your employment. And then they would decide, it was sort of like your probationary period, and then they would decide what job you would have. And so I went through that, and I was successful in that, and I stayed on with Cargill for 11 years, holding nine different positions, everything from working in an elevator in Brandon to working in the inland terminal at Elm Creek into their regional office in Carmen, Manitoba and then carried through in that position into Winnipeg. And then I became the product manager for Canada for certain products in their merchandising department and uh, worked in head office for for several years and then I uh, left to pursue other interests. It was a tremendous time of training a tremendous realization of my capacity. I remember I had one boss who said, Iris, if you if you put as much into your career as you have the capability to, you will go far. And that really resonated with me because he recognized that I had the capacity but sometimes didn't use it. <laughs> so he had greater faith in me than, than I did, but I, I really took that to heart and I just plowed through and had a, a great start to my career building with Cargill.
0: That's amazing. And those those little key takeaways that people kind of drop with us along the way and they really stick with you. Those are really pivotal moments, I think, in our careers. And, you know, I I look back at your career with Cargill and, you know, the marketing afterwards. I wonder if you could speak on you know, you had mentioned that you were one of three women who had worked for Cargill at the time. Through your journey and working in the agriculture industry, what have been some of the highlights and the biggest changes that you've seen when it comes to the advancement of women in the agriculture space? That's a big question, Caitlin.
1: <laughs> and, and one of the reasons why I started advancing women. When I started with Cargill, being, you know, one of... Three women that went from university right into to a management position. It was it was very difficult, uh, to be honest. I mean, those were the days when you wore closed toe shoes, pantyhose, and a navy black or brown suit. That that was it. And you know, there were times when people suggested that I should get married and and have children and forget this idiot idea of working in the agricultural sector. There were people who said you're going to have to work twice as hard and be, you know, into this twice as hard uh, than a man would be because, you know, this isn't a place for women. So I had gone through all of those kinds of statements and that just made me fight even harder and stronger so it took some time for me to really address where I wanted my career to go, and I was determined to follow my path and my dream of staying in the agricultural sector. So those those early training points were very encouraging to me, uh, had a lot of influence over what I did. You know, there were comments, too, and who I associate with, and that made me build my network Because, you know, you had to associate with people who could have a synergistic effect on your career. And so that was good training for me. And I just felt all the way through my work with Cargill that women just weren't being recognized for the contribution that they could make or did make to the agricultural industry. When I look back at what my mom was doing on the farm, you know, she was part and par, wholesome, full partner in this. And when you leave the farm at that time when my dad passed away, my mom didn't have any knowledge of taxation or, you know, selling of a farm. My dad did all of that. And she taught me right from that point on, you have to be independent. And in the industry, I saw a lot of women that weren't independent, that they didn't follow their dream, that they didn't make sure that they looked after themselves first and then everybody else second. And I saw that over and over and over again throughout my career path. And
0: in 1999, I hate to throw dates out there, Uh,
1: (laughs) That's
0: all right. (laughs) In 1999, you ventured into the world of entrepreneurship in the agriculture space. What were some of the reasons you decided to venture down the entrepreneurship path versus continuing to work for some of the larger retailers and larger names in agriculture?
1: You know, when you're a little bit stubborn and you have a dream... (laughs) Those two things bring you to the point very quickly as to what you should do. And I just felt that I wanted to do this on my own. I wanted to do things my way. I wanted to do things that would be able to help somebody else in a fair manner, on a timely manner, at a good price manner. And I just felt I could do it better and more effectively and efficiently for my clients than I had been doing in the past. So I just wanted to do it my way. And that's what encouraged me to to take on my own company. But when I look back, Caitlin, I had been an entrepreneur from a very early age, you know, selling at the market with my mom. I, I was frontline in, in the market, selling chickens and butter and, and cream. Uh, When I was in university, I started my own business and making Ukrainian Easter eggs and selling those to different companies, to different people through marketplaces. So I had always carried on a a little bit of my own marketing. And so it just felt so natural for me to start my own business. And, you know, I, I took a sheet of paper and I wrote down all the people that I could contact to see if they had any jobs for me to do on a contract basis and found that wow, there there was space for that. So I just had the dream of of running things my own way. And that's what happened.
0: Yeah. I find it interesting. And you know, the time that I've I've spent uh speaking and presenting at conferences, when farmers are asked about entrepreneurship, a lot of farmers don't view themselves as entrepreneurs. And I believe they're the original entrepreneurs, they're the ones who have products to bring to a market and they get to, you know, originally barter for things. And now we're selling our grain to market or we're selling them at farmer's markets. So like you said, you had the entrepreneurial spirit from a very young age, but you know, I think if we could make a tagline for entrepreneurs, it's like, are you stubborn? Do you have a dream? Have you ever considered being an entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so right,
1: Caitlin, and, and even today when I talk about advancing women, you know, I always write down farmers, ranchers, producers, entrepreneurs in agriculture and food, and I, I feel like such an idiot because those first three things are, the the first three categories are entrepreneurs in my mind, and like you say, the first original entrepreneurs, but I know a lot of farmers don't see themselves as entrepreneurs, and and I, and I just want to shake the paper sometimes and go, "You're all entrepreneurs. You have to step up and take that title, because you are an
0: entrepreneur." Right. We we wear so many hats as farmers, and I think the biggest one overall is the entrepreneur hat. You know, we've mentioned the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference, and I've mentioned it on the Rural Women podcast many times as a pivotal moment in my agriculture career. But I want to go back to the beginning of it. So the Advancing Women's Conferences that started in 2014 really stand out as a significant achievement. Could you delve into the inspiration specifically in creating Advancing Women and the journey that you've taken in growing your community of women in agriculture since then?
1: Well, thank you, Caitlin. That was a really rough time for me. I started my own business, as you say, in 1999. And, and in 2014, I had a large group of clientele. I had uh, staff, and I was you know, on top of the world because this was what I wanted to do. And then I had a very serious accident an accident that caused me major concussion, major back issues. And uh, I was at the point where I couldn't go to a meeting. The lights were too bright, people talking loudly. I couldn't present. I couldn't find my words, which now I can't find my words very often. But at that point, it was very serious. And I was still in a position where I needed to work and I didn't know what to do. So, A friend of mine and I, my mentor, were were talking and he said, well, what is it that you love to do? And I said, well, I love doing exactly what I'm doing and I have good understanding of putting on events. I was doing up to eight events a year at that point with my staff and he said, well, what is it that you love about doing events? I said, I love meeting the people. I love having people gather I love being able to get new information out and and disseminate that new information through speakers and trade shows, etc. And he says, what is it that you're really passionate about? And I said, I'm passionate about women. Well, actually, the first time he asked me that, I told him I was passionate about women understanding menopause because I was going through it at full tilt. (laughs) And I thought, okay, if there's a way that we could understand menopause through a conference, I'll do it. But he said, seriously, get get past that. What is it that you'd love to do? And, and I said, I would like women to be more recognized. I've always felt that way. Uh, even when I did conference for clientele, you know, I'd arrange a speaker program and they'd go yes to John, yes to Bill, but no to Susan and Mary. And maybe that wasn't because of gender, but whatever the reason, we always ended up with programs full of men. And and I said, there's got to be some women out there. We've got to get women onto the podium. And my mentor said, there's your future. There's your career path. So I declined all of my clients. I let go of some of my staff. And I took the risk of jumping off of the You know, marketing for a client that will pay to the risk of having a conference that maybe no one will attend. And that was the risk I was willing to take. So I gathered a group of women together from across the industry, from university students to women that were producers, women that were working in the industry, to senior executives. And I brought them together for a dinner with a little bit of wine and said, okay, why, why is it that we don't have women really profiled in the agricultural industry to be equal to men? And a lot of issues came up. And so we wrote them all down and I went back to the office and within a week I created the Advancing Women's Program to follow four main pillars, which I think are pillars to success of life. Number one is financial management and independence and career building. To find those role models that can help take you to the next step. To define and create a place of safe networking. And to talk about your mental health and physical health. Because if you don't have that, you don't have anything. And I created the first conference in 2014. It was an evening and a day And I thought, well, if 75 women show up, I'll be happy. Well, 350 women showed up from across Canada. It scared me at first. I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? (laughs) And that was the start of it. That's why I created Advancing Women. I wasn't ready to leave the industry. I had a passion to do something that was important. And I wanted to help women be what they can be. And that's what I created.
0: I have goosebumps all over Iris from, I still do. Right. (laughs) And I think it's so important, you know, you've been doing this for so long. It's so important to actually reflect on why you started something because that's when those goosebumps come back, right? Like, why did we do this? And the fact that you thought, well, maybe 75 people will come to the fact that there were hundreds of women that came And having that vision to know that this is something that not only do you think that the general population of women in agriculture need, but probably specifically it comes back to wouldn't this have been something for you to have? back when you were starting your career in agriculture. Could you imagine how far and advanced we would be today sitting here if they had this for you back when you started?
1: You're exactly right, Caitlin. And, and that is one of the reasons why I did it too. I didn't want any other woman to go through what I had to go through to get to where I was. And I wanted to help women get through those challenges and obstacles that they might be facing and give them the skills and tools for which they can use to create success in their career path. And career being not just for those that are employed by somebody, but career path for those that are working the land and looking after livestock. That to me is a career. As we talked before it's everybody's an entrepreneur and that's the job that you have and a job means that's your career. And and I just wanted to be able to give women the skills and tools to Be leaders in the industry to face the challenges and face the obstacles and the risks and come out shining on the other side because they had a little bit of help and a support system and a network that was there to help them and for them to learn
0: from. Absolutely. Get ready to join the celebration. The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference is marking a decade of empowering women in agriculture to thrive, connect, and excel. From November 19th to 21st, 2023, you're invited to join us at the Sheraton Falls View in Niagara Falls, Ontario, for the 10th anniversary edition of the Advancing Women Conference East. This event is your opportunity to hear from more than 25 expert speakers and role models in the agriculture and food sector. They'll share their wisdom, inspiration, and valuable insights to help you succeed in your personal life, your farm operation, or your career. As a listener of the Rural Women podcast, you can use promo code AWCESPL23 to save on your registration. That's AWCESPL23 p l two three for more information or to secure your spot today visit advancingwomenconference.ca forward slash 2023 east or head to the link in today's show notes don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to celebrate and grow join the advancing women in agriculture conference where inspiration meets empowerment So since 2014, there's been over 7,000 women who have been able to attend your multiple conferences from all across Canada and the U.S. What are some of the highlights of the key skills that you've heard that the women have gained through attending an Advancing Women in Agriculture conference?
1: Mm, Well, there's so many. That's a... (laughs) That, again, is a big question, Caitlin. I I think, for me, this may not answer the question, but this may refer to the answer, is that I don't think that success is built from one point of view. And what we need to succeed is to get multiple points of people from different areas, from different experiences, with different expertise, and bring different skills, experience, and knowledge and collect them so that all of these multiple pieces can come together and provide information to help women make their decisions as to how they will move forward with a clear plan of their goals and wants and needs. There's so many conferences on crop production, conferences on livestock production, but there's no conferences until recently, on leadership, what I'd really love to do next is hold a leadership for men to recognize women and the potential that women can provide to an operation, you know all the benefits that people talk about in having a woman in an operation. But I think that was that's the key for me that I thought would be important for everybody else, and so when people do when women do come to the conference they're finding the number one thing is the network. They find that they can come to this conference and build a network and it's people who understand them, people who have the same passion as them, people who are involved in the same industry as them. So you've already got a good foundation laid out. Now you can jump from that and talk about what your challenges have been and maybe one of those other people can help you or at least you know, agree that that's something that we've got to work on. First off is in that recognition, so that sales reps don't come to the farmyard and ask for the husband. I hear that over and over again. And if I was that woman standing in a yard, I'd know exactly what I'd say. <laughs> but but I think it's it's those kind of topics. And, and women uh, in dealing in finance and being aware of what's going on financially with their operation, the, that's been helped. Uh, Women with mental health issues, maybe not their own issues, but with their family. Farming is a tough, 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 tough industry. And there are, you know, things that come up and they want to know how to deal with them. And most recently, I've had a lot of women come up to me and talk about violence against women in the rural areas. And that has been something that I've taken under my wing and said, all right, we're going to talk about this. We're going to deal with this and make it make people aware of this and have sessions on that. And so many women have come to me after the conference and talked about how this really helped them. We've given help to women that were able to find help exactly when they needed it in those kinds of situations, but a lot of them have just felt more confident And they walk out of there inspired and motivated and said, yeah, I can do this now. This is what I want to do, and I'm going to follow my dream. One person even came to me and said, well, Iris, you inspired me so much and motivated me to follow my dream so much that I went and took another leadership program. I came back divorced my husband, quit my job, took my child, moved to another province, found another gentleman to marry, and I found a new job. And I'm going, oh, God, don't blame that on me. (laughs) (laughs) but, But, you know, there's somebody who really needed some help, and we were there for her. And she came to the conference once, twice, three times, and that just gave her the confidence and the means
0: to... Now go on a new path. I love how you answered that question because like you said, it's such a broad answer. And I know I've personally spoken about my experience at Advancing Women before, but I thought I would answer this question as well from a perspective of someone who's attended the conference. So I, I believe I, I I attended the Advancing Women conference West in 2018 And this was the first conference that I had gone to solo. So I'd been to quite a few other conferences beside my husband throughout our industry in Alberta and across the prairies, but always with him by my side and kind of like our name tags would say Dubin Farms and all of those things. But this was the first time I got to attend by myself. And I can remember filling out the registration form and it asked me what my occupation was. And I kind of sat there and I stared at it. I was like, well, what am I going to put here? Because I'm going to be in a room full of women who have many more years experience than I do, whether that's on farm or in agribusiness or whatever it was. And for me, that was the first time I wrote my occupation as farmer. And when I got there, my name tag said farmer. And I was like, Oh shit, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in a room, a ballroom full of hundreds of women who, if they ask me these questions, maybe I won't know the answer. And then they'll find out that I'm a fraud, that I'm not a farmer. And by the end of the second day, I walked out of there with my head held high, knowing that for damn sure I was not just a farm wife, I was a farmer. And I had a community full of women who I might not have met, but I know if I had to turn to them for whatever reason, or I needed help or I needed advice, I needed anything that there was this community that you had a hand in creating that would be there to support me. So Oh,
1: that's, that's a great that's great story, Caitlin, and 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 you're so right. You know, so many women. I, I know there's been many surveys done over the last two to three years on farm women, and you know, have they attended conferences and and do they go to events? And their their answer is very different than what men would say. And uh, I know the uh, Women's Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub has has provided me with with the results of their surveys that they've done and, and the surveys that they've done with industry associations. And the, the number one answer to the question, have you attended a conference recently from a woman, for the most part, is no. And the reasons being is that funding, they, they don't feel that they can afford to go to a conference because you can't go to a conference and not pay for something. It, it's, not, it's just not realistic so they say they can't afford the conference. They say that they have to have a lot of responsibilities at home and don't have the time to get away from those responsibilities of looking after the family, being there to be the hub of the operation, looking after the cleaning and the cooking and all of those things. And then number three is They want to find role models, but they feel that they don't have the opportunity to do that. And and that's one of their needs. And I'm going, check, check, check. Like, women have to be encouraged to come to conferences, particularly if it's going to make them more confident, more inspired. Give them some skills and tools that will make them cross over some of those obstacles and risks that they have women have to learn to invest in themselves and that's first and foremost for women to do invest in yourself to take the opportunity
0: to learn network and grow those are all like key ingredients to success in any operation and if we take those skills and we acknowledge that we need to grow those there's no reason that our operations wouldn't grow from that investment, right? So we, like we talk about, you know, going to conferences and what you're learning and what you're taking away. If you're able to leave a conference and feel more confident in your skills and abilities, just imagine what you can do on your operation from that. Exactly right, Caitlin. Like you say,
1: when you left, you felt motivated and inspired. And I can't see... The, the downfall of that at all, right? And 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 so I, I think it's, like I say, women just have to be able to understand the sense of investment and investment in themselves. The men don't have an issue with that at all. If they're running an operation and you phone them up and say, hey, there's a conference going on in two weeks, yep, I'm coming. There's no ask of money, no ask of is there time, no asking how long the conference is. They just go. And women fear doing that. And I don't know how to turn that fear around other than saying, hear the stories from other women who've attended a conference, not even Advancing Women Conference, any conference that will give them the support that they need.
0: Well, and one of, I think, the big things with Advancing Women, and we've talked about this, is the mentorship and the networking that can come out of this. And they are really key components of the conference. I want to talk about the younger generation of women. So can you share with us more about the student program that you offer and how you are aiming to build the next leaders in the agriculture industry.
1: We have a great student program. We don't officially call it anything other than sponsored student program because it's the sponsors of of the industry who help me to bring those students into the conference. We do a lot of work with all the universities and colleges across Canada that have agriculture and food programs And we accept students, after they apply to the student program, to come to the conference and be part of the audience. And it's a tremendous opportunity for them to meet other leaders in the industry, meet women in the industry that have had a career in the industry, and give them the opportunity to learn what the industry is looking for. And... Many have walked away with a job right at the conference. So to me, why I do it is because I want to show students from an early point of their career, before they've stepped onto the path of a career, how important networking is and how this conference will help them build their network by allowing them to have a private session with all of the sponsors who are key in the industry making them feel comfortable in that setting and then bringing them into a full-blown conference with 400-plus women from across Canada so that they can further network because network is number one today. I think you can have a tremendous resume and I work with many students who've got tremendous marks and and great attitudes and great personalities and they don't know how to network. They, they have difficulty finding a job because they don't know anybody in the industry. So I end up pointing them in the direction and connecting them with many leaders in the industry and women who have worked in the industry for a long time and say, talk to them, get, get the next name get and the next name and the next name. And so many of these students have found jobs because they've learned how to network. I don't think you can get a job today just by putting in an application. I think you have to build that network. And what a great way to do it, but to start right at the university level.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, to be networking with some of the biggest leaders in agriculture and specifically the biggest female leaders in agriculture, I think is it's really quite a step up, uh, and like you said on on the resume, it looks good. And you know when people can recognize your name going into something, it it really helps them stand out and. You know, like we were talking about before, even for these students to be in a room full of women who have so many different careers in agriculture and maybe careers that they hadn't even thought of before, of something that they could potentially do or be interested in, I think is also really key.
1: You're so right, Caitlin. I mean, a lot of these young women, their eyes just bulge out when they hear the stories that are are presented on the stage and going oh, my God, I didn't know we could do that. Like, that's such a great part of the industry. So not only are they getting a network, but as you say, they're learning about all the opportunities that are are there by talking to all of the women that, that are in and finding out that there's so much opportunity for them to take the next step in something that they didn't even know
0: existed. Well, and I'm even thinking, you know, as as a (laughs) older millennial even thinking what do I want to do when I grow up learning about all of the different opportunities that are out there and you know you can pivot and change at any point in your life it doesn't need to be when you're coming out of university it could be how can I expand my business how can I look at this differently and learning from everyone whether it's on stage or the people that you're sitting across from at your table there's just so many different opportunities to learn and expand and the mentorship and the networking that come out of it is worth its price in gold here. So,
1: I, I uh, thank you. I agree, and I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a day that goes by where I don't go, "Oh my gosh, I never thought of that!" And that comes from you know meeting and talking to all these different women and people in different areas with different expertise and with different uh, perspectives on things.
0: Absolutely. So tell us more about the upcoming Advancing Women's Conferences that you have scheduled and are ripping and ready to go for us.
1: Yes, we're excited about the East Conference coming up. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary. We did that in Calgary in March, and we're excited to go back to Niagara Falls to the Sheraton on November 19 to 21. We've got a great slate of speakers, uh, speakers that are going to talk about all different aspects of leadership from menopause and and women's uh, advocacy for their own health, which I think is so important. We have a special program for that on Sunday, November the 19th, and we also have a, a separate program on mental health in the agriculture community put on by the Wellness Agriculture Wellness Ontario, which just takes that whole... A whole p- program of mental health understanding and how to work with it and how to recognize it and how to start a conversation around it. And we've got a multitude of seven different workshops, from building your own brand to understanding social media to violence against women in the rural area and how to make proper good decisions. And that's all in our workshop area to give you a whole toolbox of, of things that you can help you on your way. And then we've got our two-day, a uh, day and a half of plenary session, which is bringing a lot of women from the industry to come and speak at the podium about their career path. Uh, we've got some women who've started their own business, like Michelle Dernan, who started her own business in farm and ranch where a, a farmer to start with. And then she just built her own woman's workwear. We've got uh, people to talk about their own production companies and and what they've done to start and run their own firms. So a lot of different different minds coming together and sharing information and providing information
0: and linking with each other. It's jam-packed. Like these jam packed. Right? Like this amount of time that is so many things to go into. And I'm just so excited for the women who get to participate. And you, Iris, have generously given a discount code for the listeners of the Rural Women podcast who are interested in going to the Advancing Women East conference in 2023. I'm going to read it out loud, but for those folks who are interested, it will be in the show notes as well, so they can head on over to uh, register on the Advancing Women website. So the discount code is AWC. E S P L 23. Um, and that is a generous gift from Iris. So thank you for doing that for the listeners who are wanting to go and experience the advancing women conference.
1: Oh, I look forward to meeting everybody. And also a note that if anybody would like to contact me directly, they can just give me a call uh, on my phone number, 403-686-8407. And I would love to talk
0: to anybody who's interested. That's amazing. And I'll put all of that information about registration, the discount code, and all of the good stuff in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Can you tell us when the the west conferences in 2024
1: Yes, the west conference is already booked for sunday march the 17th monday march the 18th and tuesday march the 19th at the hyatt regency downtown calgary and we've already started working on the program for that and it's going to be our 11th year
0: celebration
1: so amazing
0: you just never stop, Iris.
1: <laughs> I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to stop. I always said that the year that nobody shows up to the conference is the year that I will no longer put the conference on. So I hope
0: everybody comes and joins <laughs> us. Uh. <laughs> Iris, my last question for you is, what is the most rewarding part about being a woman in agriculture for you?
1: A good question, but I know the answer right away. It's it's meeting the men and women that are in the agricultural industry, from the farmers, the students, to the women that are so innovative to come up with new products and services every day to keep this industry strong, uh, to the senior leaders in the industry who make the policy and make the, I'll call them rules in quotation, to, to keep this industry sustainable. I'm just so proud to be part of this industry and to help women through their career path to build their dream and to reach their goals.
0: That is amazing and perfectly said. And uh, Iris, I just I just want to take the time to say thank you to you as a person who has not only attended but has spoken on your stage. Your career path in agriculture has built the way for a lot of us to be able to do what we do today. And I just wanna take a moment to thank you for all of your hard work. And uh, I look forward to continuing to work with you and uh, to continue to support the women in agriculture alongside you. Thank you, Caitlin.
1: You're so great. I just love what you do and so proud of what you do. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to voice my uh, my piece. And I look forward to meeting women in your audience uh, at the upcoming Advancing Women Conferences.
0: Yes, this is your mission. If you're listening to this and you are going to the Advancing Women Conference East in 2023, go find Iris and give her a hug from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting with open arms. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. The Rural Woman Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a community. A huge thank you to the Rural Woman Podcast team, audio editor, Max Hofer, and admin support from Kim and Co. Online special thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Sarah Reedner from Happiness by the Acre and Carrie Munven from Laystone Farms. To learn how you can become a Patreon executive producer or other ways to financially support the show, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast to get the latest episodes directly on your playlist. And if you are loving the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that accepts ratings and reviews. You can connect with us on social media at The Rural Woman Podcast and with me at Wild Rose Farmer. One of the best ways you can support the show is by sharing it. Send this episode to a friend or share on your social media. Let's strengthen and amplify the voices of women in agriculture together. Until next time, my friend, keep sharing your story.